Hey, this is Louisiana Sister Squad Podcast, where we bring you real information to enhance your truther lifestyle. I'm Katie. And I'm Tammy. Welcome Welcome to to the the show. show. Today, we have an amazing guest. His name is Jeff Rose, and he's from South Florida. He has 35 years in the health field, including anti-aging, hormones, neuroceuticals, skincare, and plastic surgery. He also spent 15 years as a radio talk show host on a program called Health Talk Radio. The last nine years, he's been helping women through explant surgery with breast implant illness. And that's the topic that we are going to cover today in Jeff's three-part series. Hello, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me on, Katie and Tammy. It's certainly a pleasure to be here and to be able to talk about what I do on a daily basis, which is, of course, breast implant illness and explant surgery. And, um, you know, this whole thing with women learning that a lot of their symptoms and problems that they've been having for years that they haven't been able to get diagnosed with any condition they're now finding out through social media, the internet, that there's thousands and thousands of other women suffering similar symptoms, and they're finding out that they have a condition known as breast implant illness, and they can get better by going through proper explant surgery. And that's the key, is having the surgery done by a specialist that removes all the capsule and does the surgery correctly. Um, After doing this for about nine years, can you give us like a number or like a statistic on how many women you think breast implant illness affects today? Well, Tammy, that's a great question because that was something last year, just out of curiosity, I did some research into, and of course, it's very hard to get specific numbers. It's mostly a guesstimate by a lot of professionals from what we've seen over the last nine years. But in the world, there's 11 million women that have breast implants, and it's estimated estimated that up to 4 million of them either have or will have symptoms of breast implant illness. Now, most of those women, probably 80 to 85% are not aware of it at the present time, but a lot of them will become aware of it in the future, whether it be through social media, the internet, and other women talking more about it because It's growing to the point where, you know, our practice is booked out two years for explant surgery. So to give you an idea, we're one office and we do over 1,100 of these surgeries a year. So when you look at just our one office, and yes, we do more of these surgeries than anyone in the United States. But that's a lot of surgeries for one office. And it just gives you an indication of how many women are indeed learning that a lot of their problems are from their implants. I don't want to jump the gun when it comes into talking about what are some some of the starting symptoms. Um, My first question would be, is there an average time span after getting the breast implants that you're seeing all of these complications? Well, what we see mostly is somewhere between seven to 10 years, women begin to get sick. And the reason that happens is because 10 years ago, the FDA finally came out and said, Breast implants are not lifetime devices. They only last 10 years because what actually happens to a breast implant? When you place it into a woman's chest cavity, 
your body temperature is 98.6 degrees. Over the course of 10 years, and I think probably it starts about seven years since we see women get sick in that time frame, the outer shell of the implant, which is silicone regardless, whether it's saline or silicone inside, the silicone outer shell, which contains all these 40 plus toxic chemicals, literally begins to melt and break down. And then those chemicals leak out and just like a medication, some people will get side effects, some people won't. Same thing with the chemicals in breast implants. Some women get sick, some women don't, but we're learning, obviously a lot of women are indeed getting sick and specific symptoms. The one thing I can tell you that I think would get a woman's attention is over the last nine years in doing this, where I've probably worked with close to 10,000 women that have had, have been sick from their implants, they all have two common denominators. And the two symptoms that everyone has, and I mean 100%, is brain fog and fatigue. So if you have those two symptoms, you should definitely look into it further. Okay, wow. So mo you're seeing most people starting in that seven to 10 year range, because we're not talking about people who get breast implants in and immediately have an allergic reaction, because I know that's something that happens. And that's something that seems to get more attention than anything. But the fact that it's making people sick seven to 10 years later, really can can be very confusing for a lot of people who are unaware to this. And even though it's it's coming up to be so common, you're saying that it's it hasn't even been recognized by um, the FDA in full aspect of what is actually happening to women. Wow. Yeah, you know, Jeff, I spoke to another person that's in the industry that deals with a lot of explants, and she actually did um, a study. And she found that most breast implant illness symptoms start rearing their ugly head when a woman goes through trauma. And so she said, because a lot of the patients, she'll kind of get like a background and a history on them as she was kind of doing this study. And she said that most of the women come in and they, they, you know, they start having symptoms after like a death in the family, a divorce, a miscarriage, something that brings their body stress level to its maximum potential. And then that's when the symptoms of, you know, your body being worn down from fighting the foreign object really kick in. So do you agree with that? Or you have you had any patients that you have noticed the same thing? Absolutely. And I've seen that, but it certainly doesn't pertain to everybody. But I think that makes sense when you think about it. I think you made a great point is that sometimes our immune system, which is what gets affected with this, can handle only so much. And then when there's a trauma, it gets overloaded and the immune system then reacts with inflammation. The body goes into what's called a pro-inflammatory state and then you get this whole cascade of symptoms and then the whole thing with breast implant illness starts and there could be as many as 50 symptoms to breast implant illness, but the way we look at it is we look at the common symptoms and just like medication, you'll see common symptoms and less common symptoms. So, you know, the two that everyone has, like I said, brain fog and fatigue, they're certainly at the top of the list um, because of the inflammation. A lot of women will suffer joint pain um, they'll be diagnosed with arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, um, when in reality, it's just the inflammation. Um, most of these women will have issues with anxiety because um, there's a couple theories around it. A lot of it could be just from the trauma. It could be from the uh, process of just dealing with your quality of life going downhill from being sick. But 
Another thing that's been theorized is that women that have the implants under the muscle, where it's millimeters above your heart, the chemicals that leak out can throw off the rhythm of the heart and cause anxiety, racing heart. So a lot of women, just like if you could picture taking, let's say a diet pill, that's an amphetamine. It can make your heart race, it can cause anxiety, and you get this side effect. Well, you can react to one of these chemicals or a whole bunch of them in combination, and it can cause anxiety. And the way we know that for sure is, in most women, when we take out their implants, in a very short period of time, the anxiety is gone. So we've simply taken out the chemicals that have made them sick. No different than if someone's taking a medication they're getting side effects to, and they call up their doctor, the doctor says, okay, stop the medication, your body detoxes the chemicals, and the symptoms go away. With this, it just requires a very specific surgery, but the good news is in almost every case, about 95% of the time, the symptoms are reversible. Okay, so that leads me to ask you about the chemicals that make up breast implants. We all know they're silicone. Um, some people tend to say, oh, well, mine are saline. And I'm like, well, they're all silicone on the outside. So I do know that they are made up of tons of toxic chemicals that should not be in the body, one being acetone. Can you name some of the other Actually, if somebody wants to know what all of them are, because there's 40 of them, um, you just have to look up chemical soup in breast implants. And that's the term that's used, and it'll list all the 40 chemicals. But believe it or not, just to list a couple of them that's scary, there's um, paint thinner, um, formaldehyde, I mean, a lot of heavy metals, uh, some very scary materials in there that if you actually looked at them before you got your breast implants, you might actually think twice about putting them in your body. I can't summarize all the reasons why women get breast implants, but I do know from some of the women that I personally know that have gotten them, these are women that take pride, you know, in not, not only their body, but their health and their working out and things like that. And for whatever reason that they choose to get breast implants, I think that doing your due diligence and just like we make sure that like, oh, we're drinking the oat milk latte and being vegan or vegetarian, and we don't use those uh, makeup products that have those chemicals in there and the better deodorant and things like that. And I'm just wondering, like sitting in that doctor's office with not doing your due diligence, what are they talking about? Well, I can comment on this. And for those of our listeners that don't know, I do have breast implants and I do have breast implant illness. That's why I was so excited to bring Jeff on the show today so he can um, educate other women and this horrible disease. So for me personally, I got my implants about 11 or 12 years ago. And in the last four years have had some very severe symptoms and health problems. But if you take it back to when I got my implants, um, they took silicone off the market and they were only doing saline implants. And whenever the new safe silicone allegedly came on the market, that's when I went to a plastic surgeon and the internet wasn't what it is today, but I did sit there and I asked the plastic surgeon, you know, are these safe and, you know, tell me more about it. And when will I have to get them replaced? And, you know, the whole slew of common questions that I'm sure women ask. And the answers that I got were, oh yeah, these are totally safe. You'll never have to get them replaced. Um, you know, they just reassure you because they want the, you know, for me, it was $8,500 in their pocket. And so at that point in time, if you don't 
know a woman that has suffered from breast implant illness or, and like I said, the internet wasn't readily available with like all these testimonials on it. Sometimes you, you make a mistake Mm -hmm. and pay for it later. And in my case, that's what it was. And do I regret getting them 110%, but I am the person that you described. I do care about how I look. I do go to the gym. I do care about what I eat, but and if you with had the, known yeah, it, the makeup with, of it, it right. probably would have shaped your mind. If the doctor would have said, yeah, you know, these are coming out, these are coming out as safe. Here is a pamphlet that are the actual ingredients of what's in there. You come back and with a decision that probably would have changed things. Seeing something like formaldehyde. Exactly. That's, that's something that I definitely didn't hear. Um, the only thing was, uh, do you want to get them insured? You know, oh my gosh. that's, they asked me that, mm-hmm. um, but it was literally, I went in there the next week I was in surgery and that was that. It was like making a nail appointment and going to 100%. get your nails done, hair done, whatever. Mm-hmm. They were just, it's an assembly line. That is absolutely terrible. Is that possibly being diagnosed as something else besides anxiety since it's affecting your heart rhythm so much? Uh, Sure. A lot of women will say they've been diagnosed with um, mitral valve prolapse, uh, um, an irregular heartbeat, um, numerous cardiovascular issues um, women are diagnosed with. They go to a cardiologist. It can affect the rhythm of the heart. You know, your heart does beat on electrical rhythm and these chemicals can throw off the rhythm of the heart. And again, the good news about this is when the implants come out, I think in every case that I've ever seen, the heart normalizes, the symptoms go away, and usually the anxiety goes away as well. So that's the good news. And again, it's no different with the way we look at it. If you were taking a medication, Many medications, of course, can cause racing heart, irregular heartbeat, anxiety. Um, I could name numerous medications that do that, and it doesn't affect everyone, but the ones that it does affect, they have to contact their doctor, and in most cases, the doctor will say, okay, stop taking the medication, and the body will just detox the chemicals, and the symptoms go away. And this is the same thing. It just requires us to do a surgery, um, a very specific one. I mean, I wish it were as easy as telling a woman, okay, just go in the bathroom and take out your implants. But um, we have to do a very specialized surgery. And once they're out, the body detoxes those chemicals and the symptoms do go away. So a 95% success rate is pretty good with this. And I think that's what should give women hope is that it's not like they've done permanent damage to their body. These symptoms are reversible. So the good news is by going to the right doctor to get explanted, 95% of women do make a complete recovery. So the good news in this is that you can get your quality of life back. So can you elaborate a little bit on like what a total end block is and how important it is to take all that tissue out so your body heals properly? I'm glad you asked that, Tammy, because that is the most important part about a woman getting symptom-free, getting her life back, is having the surgery done properly. Women have a term for called one and done. You want it done right the first time, or unfortunately, many women end up with a second surgery because if you don't go to a specialist, the the biggest challenge, and I've been in many, many surgeries, I've filmed many surgeries, and what happens is when the implant is under the muscle, in most of the cases, the capsule, and I'll explain what the capsule is, the capsule is 
the scar tissue that forms around the implant and because they're perfectly encapsulated, it's called a capsule. Now, any foreign object that goes into the human body, the body forms scar tissue around it to protect it because the body says, what's this foreign object doing inside me? So it, the immune system reacts by forming scar tissue to protect it. And what happens is the scar tissue can stick down to the rib cage and what it looks like in the operating room, it looks like wet toilet paper. It's paper thin and it's millimeters above your lungs. So the risk is puncturing your lung. So you wanna to go to a specialist. But in most cases, doctors that are not qualified, skilled, experienced at doing this, generally will look at it and say, uh, I'm not going to touch this. I don't want to injure the patient. I don't want to get sued. So they leave it there. And unfortunately, it looks like you got your implants out, which you did, but you didn't get all the capsule out. And so what happens is that capsule contains those 40 toxic chemicals and a woman will remain sick and then she needs a second surgery, which we do many of them, unfortunately, where we just have to go in and do what's called a total capsulectomy to remove all the leftover capsules. So the important thing about this surgery is you have to remove 100%, not 99%, 100% of the capsule. So when I'm educating a woman when you're interviewing a doctor, because that's what you're doing. This is your body, this is your health, this is your future. You're paying, you're interviewing the doctor. They're not interviewing you. You have to take charge of your health. And you interview the doctor, and, the, and of course you're gonna have a lot of questions, but the most important question for a woman to ask a doctor is, doctor, can you guarantee me 100% you're gonna remove all the capsules? And the answer from the doctor, because it's the same with all the specialists, should be, absolutely, I do it every time on every patient. If you start getting answers like, well, I'm going to do my best, I'm going to try, that's not the doctor you want to go to. You don't want to be their experiment in the operating room and have a 50-50 chance that the surgery will come out correctly and you'll get better. So that's why, you know, women will come to us and, uh, you know, see Dr. Rankin and, you know, come to us at Aqua and just have the surgery done properly because we've done so many thousands of surgeries that it's just known from the amount that we've done, the surgery is always performed correctly by either of our doctors at Aqua and their specialist and the surgery, you can be assured, will be done properly so you can get your health back. My curiosity on you guys doing so many thousands of surgeries and you're basically collecting all of this data, correct? In fact, um, the most important part is Initially, they fill out an intake form that they'll list their symptoms, why they want their implants removed, and then we do a three-month follow-up. And we, we do one at six months in a year also, but the most important one is the one at three months because that's when we come up with the data of where women are improving, and we know statistically that 95% of those women are symptom-free when we do the three-month follow-up. So most will report things like, you know, one of the first things to go away is my brain fog, my joint pain because of the inflammation going away, uh, their energy comes back. Um, you know, most women uh, will have their hormones completely obliterated and messed up because of these chemicals where they lose their libido, it affects their relationship, um, it can make them depressed and irritable, cause insomnia, uh, it can cause weight gain with the 
inability to lose it no matter what you do. So there's a whole array of real issues that are caused by breast implant illness. But again, these things do go away when you get properly explanted. And that's why we emphasize that. And then there's also another part of it. You know, certainly the most important is complete capsule removal. And, you know, Tammy mentioned on block. And uh, I know it's spelled N block, E N B L O C, but it's actually a French term. Um, so they pronounce it on block. Um, but what that actually means is it's where we're removing the implant and the capsule in one piece. And that's ultimately what you want to do. And certainly what you always want to attempt to do because you're keeping all the contamination contained. Everything is intact and it comes out in one piece. But there are many cases where when the capsule sticks down to the ribs, even if a little piece the size of a nickel tears off and a doctor might show it and you see all the scar tissue, the capsule surrounding the implant, it might look like an old block, but if you're being correct and technical, it's not a true on block. It's a total capsulectomy because a true on block means 100% of the capsule is intact. So the reality is maybe 60 to 70% of the surgeries, even by the best surgeons that can do an on block, they will always attempt it, will be a true on block. But the most important thing is that they, they can go back and remove remove the remaining capsule that's left over, which is something, you know, you can't help. It just, it sticks there like glue, but you have to be able to go and peel it off, which is another important thing is the peeling off process causes less trauma to the ribs where you're not scraping it. Um, so this is all part of a proper explant. Wow. Uh, my wondering about the data that you guys are collecting is, well, I guess I have two questions is one, this is published public information. And the second part of that is who else is interested in this data that you're collecting? Um, I guess I'm asking more of a behind the scenes for doctors, because I know that there's a very specific way that you guys have to share information or would go about sharing information. Um, so I really was hoping to get some behind the scenes on like, what is the process for that as we want to continue to spread awareness to this? Well, unfortunately, while it's ongoing, all these studies and data being collected, um, you have to have it peer reviewed and then published in major journals, medical journals. Um, like the New England Journal of Medicine. Um, so it does take a lot of time, unfortunately, where, like you said, it's public knowledge and accessible and anyone can go on the internet and research it. Um, it's in process. Um, we're getting closer. Certainly we have the data and other doctors have it as well. It's just not published yet for, you know, public accessibility. but. It's getting very close. The FDA has certainly recognized the sheer amount of problems to where, and I think this is a very important thing uh, to get out there, that there is actually right now a black box warning on breast implants that makes patients aware that there are potential problems when you do get breast implants. So. When the FDA goes as far as putting a black box warning on there, that's something that is major. That means there is a possibility, they're saying, even before having the studies, that there's been so many cases that a woman needs to do her due diligence or research before committing and deciding to get breast implants. Jeff, we know that you are not the plastic surgeon that you work um, for Dr. Rankin at Aqua Plastic Surgery in Jupiter, Florida. And he is 
uh, very highly regarded in his field. And what I really like about Dr. Rankin is that he doesn't do implant surgeries because he knows that they are killing women. He only does explants and he's also created his own special J-Rap technique. I think that's what you call it um, for like lifts and everything, which um, I think all that's great, but I wanted to know what exactly is your role in aquaplastic surgery? Well, it's actually a very interesting story. Nine years ago, my wife at the time got sick from her implants. And nine years ago, there was no such word as breast implant illness. It didn't exist until 2013. So maybe a little over eight years ago. So what happened is now I was in plastic surgery. So I did know about explanting, but there was no such term breast implant illness. So I just had to do a lot of research. I mean, she was having health issues and luckily having some from my background in alternative medicine, I was contacting a lot of people in Europe and finding out that there were indeed a number of women that were getting sick from their implants and getting them removed. But of course, in the United States, it didn't exist. And explant surgery existed, but women would generally get explanted because back then, years ago, women were getting big implants and they were having issues with pain and discomfort, but not for breast implant illness. Even though women may have had it, there was no such term. Just me saying to her that, listen, I can't be 100% sure, but I'm 80% sure. I believe the only thing that's different is you got breast implants and your health five years later after getting them has gone steadily downhill where it's the only thing that makes sense. And, you know, I was fortunate in some of the training that I've had in my background that for instance, in alternative medicine, one of the theories that I was taught is whenever something doesn't make sense, you can't get a diagnosis, you always look from the outside in, meaning what new things have been introduced into you? New foods, new supplements, new medications, things put into your body. What is different? And the only thing different with her were her breast implants. So. It was the only thing that made sense, but of course, you know, she was in her thirties. She loved her implants like a lot of women and, you know, she was resistant and she would say, well, I have friends that have implants and they're not sick. And it was very hard to argue that even though I suspected that was the problem. But finally, one day I literally came home from work and she just after getting sick enough said you know what i can't take it anymore i just want to get them out she got them out i didn't know what to expect and 10 weeks after her explant she was completely better so she went from being sick for two years to completely better in 10 weeks and that's what certainly opened my eyes and her eyes. And then um, she was posting about it, I think on Facebook and um, all these women were reaching out to her. And of course, a lot of them she was sending over to me. And so in my free time, I was helping all these women to learn about breast implant illness because now there was a name to it. And I was knowing about explant luckily i was referring them to a group of doctors a handful of doctors that i knew would do the surgery properly and so being in south florida i said i gotta find a doctor locally in south florida that knows how to do this and in my research i came upon dr rankin and so I started referring patients to Dr. Rankin because I knew he was doing the surgery correctly. 
And after numerous happy patients from my referrals, um, someone that I know, um, I used to work in Beverly Hills for 10 years, and um, someone who's kind of well-known, let's put it that way, um, she's a model, and she reached out to me. I had known her for many years, and she said, Jeff, I think I have what your wife has. I've been sick for four years, and this fits me to a T. And so I said, listen, you know, I don't want to recommend one specific doctor and, you know, you're a model. I know aesthetics are important to you. So I'm going to give you a list of five or six doctors and you do your own research and you pick out which doctor. So anyway, I gave her the list of doctors. She, after researching on her own, she called me up one day and said, I chose a doctor. I want to do my surgery. And she said, I want Dr. Rankin of Florida do it. I was like, oh, really? I'm I was a little surprised that she's, you know, in California. And, um, but, you know, she uh, wanted to go to Dr. Rankin. You know, I set it up. And at the time, it was only about two and a half weeks later, um, she went in the surgery. Uh, she had asked me to come with her, actually pick her up, take her. And I did it. It was the first time I got a chance to meet Dr. Rankin. Um, you know, he, you know, thanked me for sending in patients. And so he got a chance to not only do her surgery, but it gave us a chance to speak. And as we were speaking for the first time, in fact, um, she had actually said to me as we were driving down there, I remember this very clearly like it was yesterday. She said, do you think you could film my surgery? And um, because she had known in California, I used to film surgeries. And I said, sure, if he'll let me. I mean, I don't know if he'll let me, but if he'll let me, absolutely. And he was very gracious. And he said, sure, absolutely. I'll get you some scrubs. And you come in, you can film her surgery. And it was an amazing experience because it was the first time I had a chance to speak to Dr. Rankin in person. I had never met him before. I think we had maybe texted a couple times. But... You know, when you're next to each other in the operating room, you're pretty much stuck together for a period of time. And as we were speaking, um, you know, I learned about him. He learned about me and my background. And he's like, you know, I really love doing these surgeries and helping these women. And I really appreciate all these, you know, women that you're sending to me. And he said, you know, I would really like to do more of these. And he just said to me, he said, would you consider working for me with the explant patients? And I at first kind of thought he was kidding around. I was like, well, I'm kind of doing it for free right now. Sure, if you're gonna pay me, absolutely. And that's a true story. And so two days later, I was working for him. And now the rest is history. You know, we teamed up and he let me do what I knew how to do and which was basically run the whole explant division. And he just, I just said, you just do great surgeries. I'll take care of everything else. You just keep doing great surgeries. And now he's the busiest, most in-demand explant surgeon in the country. So it's just been a, you know, a great union that, you know, two people got together by accident and it's, it's worked out amazing. And that's when the explant concierge Jeff Rose was born. <laughs> well, I don't think it was by accident. Uh, I don't believe in coincidences. So that's a great story. And thank you so much for sharing that with us. I just wanted to say to our listeners, for me personally, with the breast implant illness, I'm currently saving right now to get my surgery and I can't wait for the day. Um, some of the symptoms that I personally have are just the same as what Jeff talked about, um, like chronic fatigue anxiety, depression. Um, my immune system is pretty much shot. I've never had a stomach problem in my life and I eat really clean, but the last two years I've suffered horribly with colitis. I have joint pain that some doctors were like, oh, well, maybe you have rheumatoid arthritis. Um, with all that being said, 
there's tons of women out there that spend a lot of time and a lot of money going to regular doctors. And they're, the funny thing is they never ask you, well, how's your breast implants doing? Or, and there's been some doctors I mentioned it to, and they either don't believe in it or they've never heard of it. So it's an unfortunate thing. So since that point of, uh, you know, going to the hospital many times and everything. So now I ask doctors when I do see them, have you heard of breast implant illness? And you seem to get a little bit better reaction, but I wanted to just tell people that in case you do have breast implants and you're experiencing any of these symptoms or other things, another symptom that I had before, I really knew I was totally sick with the breast implant illness was like my lymph nodes and my armpits would get swollen from time to time, which is another reaction. So Jeff, um, how do we bring awareness to women? This has been 100% social media driven through Facebook groups. You know, right now there's about 300 Facebook groups. One called Healing Breast Implant Illness by Nicole that has about 160,000 women on it. So there's a lot of recommended doctors. Certainly Dr. Rankin is one of them. And there's plenty of information that other women share similar stories with. And I think nothing resonates with an individual than another person similar to them going through the same experience. That's very frustrating because almost every woman goes through the same thing. They go to doctors and specialists and go through testing. And I call it the medical merry-go-round where they're just going in circles. They're not getting any answers. And all they're looking for is just tell me what's wrong with me so I can address it and get better, but they're not getting any answers. Their blood work comes back fine in most cases, and it's very frustrating. They're spending a lot of money, um, a lot of frustration by going to these groups. The thing is to realize you're not alone. There's thousands and thousands of others going through the same challenge. And I think the biggest thing to take out of this that I get from all these women that I think they can understand is that, and Tammy, you're going through it, so I know you'll get it as well. As bad as many of these symptoms are physically, the emotional trauma from this is even greater because it actually changes the very person that you used to be because all these symptoms are affecting the quality of your life. It affects relationships. It affects your ability to work, to exercise. You don't want to socialize. So, so many aspects of your life are impacted negatively because you're just not the person you used to be. And the interesting part, when we do that three month follow up that I mentioned is when they fill out their report and improvement of symptoms in the comment section, the most common thing that said, maybe in a different wording format is, I finally feel like I'm back to the person I used to be before I got sick. And that's really all these women want is to get back to their old selves again. And that's what we're helping them do. And the first thing of course is, I call having that light bulb moment where Oh my God, it's my implants. And by proper explant, they can't get their life back. How I came across actual, the, you know, terminology of breast implant illness was I just looked it up on YouTube and I, I don't remember the girl's name, but she's a pretty popular YouTuber and she's into eating well, health and fitness and, you know, living a healthy lifestyle. And she, you know, told her story of breast implant illness and, you know, then how good she felt with getting them out. So that's how I came across this. And then once I started researching and like looking online, using the hashtag breast implant illness on Instagram and seeing people's pictures and their stories, and it, it really, really educated me. And then, um, by the grace of God, I came across you, which I'm so thankful for because, um, now I, I know further and that 
I, this is definitely what I have. And this is definitely what needs to happen is an explant surgery. We are doing a call to action right now. If you're listening to this podcast, I want you to, you can go to our page, Louisiana Sister Squad on Instagram, on Telegram, and I want you to share this podcast with friends. We are also going to put up some links and we will include that in our link tree. That way we have access to at least some of the basic steps and ways to get started. Um, Jeff, it sounds like you got a lot of great information and I'm sure rather than having this conversation over and over and over again with the people that are probably reaching out to you, you have a database of like, listen, here you go. Here's the document, right? So we are going to get that from Jeff and link that into our link tree on all of our bios, because this is our call to act. Not only want to ensure women who already have breast implants that could be experiencing these symptoms and not have an answer, but hopefully prevent people from having to deal with. I think it's, you know, great what you guys are doing and I certainly appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Jeff. I definitely appreciate that. And do you see guys, Jeff needs our help. We have to help him help us. There's so many young women, you know, most women that get implants are in their twenties. And I think the biggest thing I've run into is, you know, we know whether we're a young guy or a young girl, you know, when you're young, you feel invincible. Oh, that's not going to happen to me. Um, you know, I'll worry about that in 10 or 20 years. And if I have problems, then I'll get them out. You know, when you're that young, again, you feel invincible and you're just thinking of the benefits and you'll worry about it 10 or 20 years down the line. And you also don't think it's going to happen to you. You know, it's always going to be somebody else. So I think getting this information that it's not specific to any age group. I've seen women 20 years old get this. I've seen women in their 60s. I think our oldest patient was 81 years old, believe it or not. Go Yeah, go through explant. So it's not specific on AIDS. A lot of people used to think, oh, it's when a woman goes through her hormonal changes. Absolutely not. Okay. I've seen women with hormonal issues in their 20s because it throws off your endocrine system. So age has nothing to do with it. Even, even though I said earlier, yes, most women get sick between year seven and years 10, you know, just as you mentioned, I've seen women get sick in six months because their body just rejects a foreign object and they need to get their implants out. So, and some women, it takes them 20 years to get sick. So everyone's different. You know, the seven to 10 years is the majority, but it can affect anybody at any time, regardless of the age of the implants or the age of the individual. Yeah, I can say that's definitely was true for me because once I actually learned about the signs and symptoms and started reflecting, it went back actually years. You know, I wasn't as sick as what I am today, but I definitely had like little red flags going, hey, this is not normal, but I didn't ever put two and two together or know about breast implant illness to do that. So does breast implant illness affect the reproductive system. Well, again, there, there's no clinical data on it, but I can tell you this with what I've seen. You know, I never like to predict the future, but I can certainly tell you about the past and what I've seen. And I've seen so many women have trouble conceiving with breast implants. And I can tell you one very recently as of December. I'm sorry, November. It was actually right before um, Thanksgiving. And she was trying to conceive for five years. No luck. Both her and her husband were checked out. They're fine. They couldn't conceive. She had breast implants. Um, now, this is going back um, about a year, maybe a little bit less. She got her implants out by us. And in November, she told me she's pregnant. 
And this wow. is not. That's awesome. That's great news. This is not a rare occurrence. I mean, I've seen this just myself probably happen 25 times where could you call it a coincidence? Possibly, but I can tell you, I think the longest someone was trying to conceive was like seven or eight years. And it always seems year, year and a half. There was one that conceived a month later after the implants came out. Was it the implants? Good chance. Um, but, and I just say, who cares? They're out, you're pregnant, that's all that matters. But yes, I see this um, more than you would imagine. And I know there's about 25 cases that they've gotten back to me. There could be more, but this is what have been reported to me over the last nine years. And it may not sound like a lot, but 25 is a lot that have actually gotten back to me. And after getting their implants out, they got pregnant. So that's my I know yeah, it affects your hormones. I believe it does, yes. That's amazing. Did they all name their uh, new baby boys Jeff? <laughs> actually, actually, we did, believe it or not. At least they told me they did. So um, other than that, I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah, I was just curious on that because I do know how it affects like the hormones and your libido and stuff like this. I personally have a friend that the, her first baby, she did have a little bit of trouble conceiving and then she wanted to have another baby and wasn't able to get pregnant. And I mentioned breast implant illness to her because she does have implants. And I said, you know, it's, you should really get them checked out. She goes, oh, well, I'll have to ask my doctor about it. I said, well, your doctor's not going to tell you, you need to get a high power sonogram and go see somebody that specializes in explants you know, and, um, she's like, Oh, you know, well, you know, my breasts are uneven and this and that. And I was like, you know, you can get a fat transfer. There's all kinds of options out there for me personally. Um, I hope that my body looks great. And when, once I get them out, but ultimately I don't care because you really don't know how important your health is until you don't have it anymore. Yeah. So I will, you know, be a part of the itty bitty titty committee and, you know, wear different clothes and do whatever I got to do. But if I feel good again, it's so worth it. Thank you so much, Jeff, for joining us. This concludes part one. We will have all the links in our bio and you guys stay tuned for part two. Wake up to a new episode of Louisiana Sister Squad podcast every Tuesday. Before you go, hit follow and share with a friend. The Truth Train doesn't stop here. Did you know that you can connect with us and our guests further? Join us on the uncensored platform Telegram for live chats and Q&A with our guests. Hope to see you there.